So we learned the Shira with the Pirish of the Mephoshim, we learned the Shira with the explanation of the Targum, and there's also a third way of reading the Shira, that's the explanation of the Vilnagon, and Tfilis Chana. Um, as always, the Goyen just writes a few words, but there's a lot of, obviously, depth in what the Goyen wants to convey with that. So let's look at how the Vilnagon explains Tfilis Chana. He understands that the Tfilis is interfering Specifically, the Chana's own life is referring to it's a Shavach, it's a praise for everything which happens to the Jewish people. And uh, Chana was, her Tfira, her praise was really prophetic, it was inspired by Ruach HaKodesh, and therefore she isn't just referring to herself, but she's, uh, she's singing the praise of the Daika Israel. And therefore, all the plans we find to praise Hashem are incorporated in the general Tfira of Chana. We'll take again from the beginning and see how the Vilnagon explains it. Okay. So he starts at the beginning in Pasakadaf and he says that when Chana says the first, the first uh, words of praise were, Allah Tzlibi Hashem, my heart is uplifted by Hashem, Roma Karni by Hashem, Hashem has raised my Karen, my horn literally, Racha Piel Aiva, he's made me open my mouth against my enemies, Kisamakti Bishwasev. Because I was celebrated, or was happy in your salvation. It says the Vilna God, this Pasuk is talking about the obvious. All that's living by Hashem, that my, my happiness, my rejoicing, is in Hashem, is referring to Abraham Avinu. Uh, he does, the the God doesn't say what incident in Abraham's life it's referring to, we have to explain that. Rama uh, Karni, my horn is raised by Hashem, this is refers to Yitzchak. And it's referring to the fact that, the, as you know, after the Akedah, so the ram, which was meant to be the carbon, in place of Yitzhak, it was caught by its horns. It, never, it was never the stuff or kernel, it was trapped by its horns, and that's why the Apostle the, the refers to what the Vilna God, and that is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu raised my horn, that he was talking about Yitzhak, and that is that he brought the ram to replace Yitzhak. Racha Piel Oiva is talking about Yaakov, that Yaakov had enemies, his enemy was Esau, his enemy was Lavan, and Yaakov was successful against them. And what is the notion of Racha Piel? The kid of my heart, my mouth was made, was opened against my enemies. What, what incident, what uh, about Lavan or Esau's encounters with Yaakov was the fact that Yaakov was Racha Piel? So that's before he was saved from them. The, the, the Vilagon explains the whole, the whole Shira as being a hoidah for salvations. The Kolkul Yaakov was ready before everything happened, and just, that, that was Yaakov having certain strength. We don't find Yaakov's hoidah, Yaakov's gratitude. But rather, we know that, and again, it's something which maybe needs more discussion, but just like by Yitzhak, when, when he explains it that um, Rama Karni is because the ram replaced Yitzhak. In other words, even though I shouldn't want Yitzhak as a carbon, but Avram wants to bring him as a carbon. And the fact that he found the ram instead, so that was Kiro the Tumura, the, the exchange for Yitzhak. And therefore Yitzhak had what to thank Hashem for that the ram took his place. Racha Piel Aibai. And that is that even that is interesting in both of Yaakov's confrontations uh, with both Lavan and Esau, it really became a war of words, if one wants to call it like that. 
that Yaakov and Novan had an argument that wasn't a physical fight, and Esav and Novan also, I mean Esav and Yaakov also, when they came together, they didn't actually engage in physical warfare. Uh, it was a discussion, it was a debate. It was, it was a, an argument of words. And if Yaakov emerged unscathed from both of them, so Tzrochot P.L. Ovech, Kilo, I was, Hashem opened my mouth against my enemies, and he managed to diffuse the situation with Esau, he managed to deflect the tenors of Ravon, that was the, the salvation from both of them. Uh, and it's not for nothing. It's, you know, Yaakov, as we said, his koche is bepeh, Ravon's koche was also bepeh. And uh, therefore, in, in the, when the two came together, they clashed with each other, so the fact that Yaakov managed to so to speak, overcome Lovon, then that was the, his salvation. He said, to be Shosef, because I was happy with your salvation. It says that God is referring to Yosef. We know that Yosef was in the Egyptian jail. We know that he originally asked the star Mashkin to help him. And there was a mistake on Yosef's part. To ask uh, for human intervention, to ask somebody to somebody to be the agent to take him out. Samachti be Shosef. I was happy, Hashem, with your Yosef. And when Yosef realized that he was wrong, to ask anyone else to and rely on Hashem, that's when that's when he was saved. Okay, so that, that's, that's the first passage. Like I said, the God explains the incidents in each one's life, except for Avram Avinu. He just says Avram was Allah Tzivi by Hashem. His heart was grateful to Hashem. He doesn't say what it's referring to. What, what point in Avram's life is that uh, is that referring to? Could it be that it's the fact that he discovered Amuna? It could be that it's the fact that he discovered Amuna. That itself was the the, the 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 big so to speak salvation for Avram. If I'm meaning in that, definitely could be like that. Or it could be any of the Nisanas that Avram was saved from. There could be many times in Avram's life where that was his expression. That okay, so that's the first passage. And the second passage is talking about the Nisim Hashem the Fatah Yisrael and Kodesh Kashem. It's true and the passage the Haggad of Oke Chastecho, the verse the Chazal say that Avram's life was like the Chesed. And therefore, Avram, because he was the first one to declare Hakadosh Baruch in the world, so Hashem had to show that a person who who follows Hashem is successful. And Avram was successful in everything. And therefore, it definitely also could be that his whole life was just a gratitude to Hashem, or being grateful for because he was the recipient of of all that chesed. Since Sharon says, and that was for sure that embodied by Avram. The second part of Kadesh Hashem says that God is talking about Yisus Mitzrayim. Why? Because Kadesh Hashem in the Hashem that even the strongest nature of the time Mitzrayim couldn't withstand Kadesh Prophet's decree to free the Jews, and therefore Kadesh Hashem and Kadesh Hashem by Yisus Mitzrayim, Ki Ein Biltecho. There's nothing besides for you. That's what the Matan Torah, where it says that. Hashem opened up the heavens and he showed that there was Ainul Vadi. This is nothing besides Fila Kaish was sold by Matan Torah. And the Ain Surkara Kainu was in the building of the Mishkan. Just like the Mishkan was the Yatir was constructed. So it was a Mayain of the world, you know, the Mara says about Patalo, that he created something similar to the world with Vain Surkara Kainu. Just underscores the fact that there's no creator like Hashem because if you understand the complexity of the Mishkan, so we understand how much more so is the the Hakadosh Baruch Hu's chachmah in the world. Now that's talking about Kaisal's uh, successes. The next pasuk is talking about Kaisal's enemies, and the God explains it. The first part of the pasuk is talking about Esau, and he says about Esau, "Al tarhu tadavru gavaya gavaya." 
don't, don't add to speak higher and higher. Uh, in other words, that uh, Mirab Esav is to promote himself. And what Chayim was saying to him is, for all the times that you've tried to you know, oppose Klai Yisrael, again, with your speech, it's not going to help you. And the answers of four different times you find Esav confronting Klai Yisrael. The first one is, uh, came out of Mitzrayim, in Rafidim. Somebody came to fight him in Rafidim. Then he says the first part of the Pasuk is Al-Tarbu. Um, that they the Russian why is that the Russian Tarbu so Russian Rav is to do more in other words they, they came to do more bad they weren't attacked like we know the, it was a time when everyone was afraid of Hashem and therefore the idea that Asaph came to attack them was to in order to do bad so they don't look to increase the amount of bad so Dabru he says God says is connected the second time we find that Asaph attacked Israel and that was after the sin of the, of the Miraglim. What happens, Moshe said, Hashem has decided we're not going to go to Israel, we're going to spend 40 years in the Midbar. And the Pasuk says there were a group of people who called the Ma'afidim, they decided, no, we're going to show Hashem we were, we were mistaken, we're going to go to Israel. And, uh, and Moshe said, don't go, it's not going to work, but nevertheless, they went, and it says that Maleki, who sat in the mountain, came and destroyed them. So it was the second time that the Amalekim, so to speak, fought with the Jewish people. So that's the second, that's the second point. And then Gavaya, Gavaya, the, the last two times it says connected in the time of the first base of Mikdash. So even though the base of Mikdash was destroyed by the Babylonians, what's brought in the Pasuk, and it's also brought in the Pasuk of Avadia, is that they were assisted by Edom. Edom came to take part in the Khurban. And that's what uh, the Navi Avadia says, and don't stand on the on your brother in the day of his tzara, and don't like, be in ambush to trap all the ones who, all the ones who are trying to escape and Altasker don't, don't be there to trap all the the fugitives and, and return them to the enemy. So Esau participated in the first Khorban and that's uh, the one thing the Gavaya, the one big thing that they did wrong. And the other Gavaya said is going to be in the time of Gogumagog. Because we know there also Esau will be a very big part of the final campaign, the final war against the Jewish people. And all these four things, and it says it's not going to help you, Esau. All the time you try to attack the Jewish people. And one last time, Yetzir also Kipicha. The time that Esau came to attack them with falsehood in their mouths. The Gans that refers to, as you know, after Arna Kohen died. So it says the king of Arad uh, came to attack the Jewish people. Who was this king of Arad? Chazal say, was really Amalek. Except they dressed up like Nani. And that way they thought that they would confuse the Jewish people, they wouldn't know who the identity was. So it was the Oslak and Picha, but they, they spoke, so to speak, a different language to how they, they dressed, and so as to confuse the Jewish people. And all these points, all these points, uh, Ace is not going to be successful. Which means even though if initially they, they did attack the Jewish people, but at the long run they're going to be destroyed for that. Uh, it says the God is talking about Bilam. That, in other words, he knew what Bilam's plan was to curse the Jewish people, and uh, being that that was the case, so he made Hashem change what Bilam said, so that he would, he would bless them instead. What? He would bless them instead. He knew what Bilam wanted to do, and he changed the words in his mouth. Keshes, Gibarim, Khatim, the bow of the mighty is broken, let's talk about Sikhal and Og. 
You know, those are the two mightiest of the kings of Canaan, and both of them were destroyed by the Jewish people miraculously. So, Nikshadim Azrukhayim. This is very interesting. Nikshadim explains to those who were Nikshad. And he said, This is referring to the war against Midian. What happened was, originally the Jewish people were Nikshad with Midian. When the kings of Midian sent their daughters to ensnare the Jewish people, they were successful, and as you know, 24,000 didn't die. So, when Nikshadim, they had fallen over there, but nevertheless, Azrukhayim. They regrouped and uh, they were victorious. And when they went to fight Midian, they, and they destroyed Midian completely, as we know, the 12,000 Jewish soldiers who brought back all the captives and the spoils of Midian. So until now, Khan has been talking about the incidents in the Midbar. Now he's going to talk about the Kla Israel going into Eretz Israel. He says, This is actually a very beautiful addition. We know when Kla Israel came to Eretz Israel, so the Gibeonim came, and they wanted to confuse the Jewish people into thinking that they were distant travelers. They weren't Canaanim, and they had to make a peace treaty with them. So what did they do? They took old clothing, and they took stale bread, and they came to Yeshua, and they said, we've turned from far away. And because of that, the, the leaders of the Jewish people in the sea made a contract with them before they found out that they were really local Canaanim. It says those are the ones who were really Spain by Lechem. Even though they came to show that here we have no food, we just have our dried out crusts from a distant journey, they really it wasn't the case. They, had, they went from a distant place at all. They were Spain by Lechem, they weren't hungry. But Niskoro, we've only got to explain that it's meaning that they were hired workers, which means what Yeshua did with them, now he wasn't able to destroy them, but he made them into water drawers and woodcut choppers for the Jewish people. So the Spain by Lechem, the ones who had actually had a lot of food, were hired, were turned into hired workers. And the Jewish people who in the Midbar were hungry, which means that they didn't have a food in the Midbar that had to be provided with the man, now they stopped being hungry. So it's a God, like we know the Apostle says, that when you come to the show, you're going to find Batim, Malayim, Koltul, Vashavim, Milesa. You're going to find houses full, chock full of all the good that you never filled. They're going to inherit all the wealth of the Kanani. So the Jewish people were hungry no longer. They were, had all the plenty of Eretz Israel. Adakara Yaldashiva. The nation, he says, who never, until now, didn't have a place. Israel Yisrael were always Akram and Kwema. They had to move from place to place in the desert. They never had a, a fixed place to live. They were nomadic. They were wandering the desert based on wherever the honor, wherever the cloud would take them. Now Yaldashiva, which means they conquered the land of the seven nations. So now the Quran says, it's referring to the fact that they conquered Eretz Israel. Barabbas Barnum Lola. He quotes the Chazal. The Chazal say that besides for the seven nations, every king had the summer home or they had built a palace in Yerushalayim. And now the Jewish people conquered it. So they all lost their palaces. And therefore, the Rabbis Barnum, the place which had many inhabitants, was now, those inhabitants were no longer there. And the Jewish people conquered it and, and took, so to speak, took, took possession of it. That's talking about the conquest of Israel. Hashem Maimis. This is referring to Moshe Rabbeinu. He brought a new leader, Yeshua, to replace Moshe. And now the next part of the Pasuk is going to talk about all the incidents of the Shaykhtim, which all preceded Khan. He's going to go through them one by one. Moshe Shaol was at the beginning at the time of the time of uh, the Shaiftim, the Hashem brought them down to the depths. Like it says in the Pasuk, the Kaishal were very impoverished, Kaishal were very poor. But yeah, but Hashem brought the Shaifa to save them. Finally, and again, he picked them up again. 
And I was going to give examples. It's uh, the way the guy explains Hashem Marish, Hashem made them poor. This is referring to, we know before Gideon came, the time of Midian, it says the Jewish was in the footy. If you remember, we had the Nachat, they had to hide wheat in the oil presses because Midian came and took all their food. So that's the first point of Hashem Marish, Hashem makes them poor, but Ramayish, after Gideon, when they conquered, uh, when they conquered Midian, so they took all the wealth of Midian. And like it says, Gideon built, made the apron out of solid gold. So Hashem impoverished them, and then afterwards he gave them all the wealth of Midian, he enriched them. Mashpil, he lowered them. That's talking about in the time of Yiftach. If you remember, the, what the Nabi said there was, because of Klaish was Averis, Hashem brought them to a very low point. That they were, and they were subjugated by all the different nations of the East, it says, and then Afmaremim. But nevertheless, it picked them up again. Yiftach was successful in his battle. They drove back the, the people of Ammon in 20 cities, it says. So therefore, even though they had been brought down, Hashem picked them back up again. Make him offer a doll, he picks up the, uh, from the, from the dust, he picks up the, the poor, and says that the God is talking about Shimshon. We know where the Shimshon was referred to as a snake. And the snake is the one who's always the offer. He's in, he's, he eats the dust, he lives in the dust, and from the dust, so that's the, the loneliness of the snake, Hashem picked up Shimshon, who was the one, the one to say, Kaisha on his door. May Ash boys hear him heaven. Me'ash was your Mavion, this is interesting. Uh, the Vilagans refers to the Arana Kodesh in the time of Shmuel. We know that, and then we're going to see that what happens, what happens in the next story in the Nah, is that there's a fight of the Christian against the Jewish people and they conquer the Arana Kodesh. And they take the Arana Kodesh to the base of Israel. So now the Arana Kodesh is in the Ashbos, it's in the, literally the Dangi, which means in the base of Israel, the Christian. Hashem takes the back out again. He brings it back, back to Israel. The Christian can't keep it, it does too much destruction for them. And that's uh, therefore, and like it says there, the Israel sang Shira when they saw the Iron Kodesh being returned. The Yeshivim Redivim is talking about the kings that, Sh- that Shmuel had anointed, uh, Shaul and David. The Kisei Kovid and Chidim, that's the uh, Kisei Kovid is the Yushalayim. Now, until that stage, they hadn't come to Shalim. During the time of David and Melech, that they successfully come to Shalim. Hashem Eretz, the Eretz, we said, are the tzaddikim of the land. And now, the Gans is an interesting thing. He says, we know that the Gemara says that there was always, uh, the, the, in, at least at the time of the mission of the Gemara, the Jewish people branched with, there was two branches. There was the Jews who were living in Eretz Israel, and the Jews living in Babel. And the Jews of Israel were, lead, were led by the Nasi. And the Jews, he was the spiritual leader. And the Jews in Babel were led by the Resh Karuta. Now it's interesting, the Resh Karuta um, had political power. He had authority. He wasn't necessarily the god Ladot. And very often he wasn't. Um, he was just a, 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 someone who had, who had political strength, someone who had the ability to enforce laws. But he wasn't a tzaddik necessarily, whereas the Nazi of Israel was ahead of the Sanhedrin. And that's the two parts. Uh, the Pasuk, just like it says by Yehuda, the Hashem says, it says, the Shevet is the rulership, and Chazaz that's referring to the Resh Kalutin Babel, who was head rulership, and Umchoikek is the one who said down Halacha, in other words, the Sanhedrin, so the, the Nazi of the Sanhedrin was also from Yehuda. 
So that's what the the Gaon's supposed to refer to. In Eretz Yisrael, Hashem has a Metzuki Eretz. It's a Dikim of the world of the Nesim. Ayashas the land table, the one who on which on them he gives authority of the land. is talking to the Rosh Kedutas who were the leaders, of, so to speak, the authority of Eretz Yisrael, even they weren't necessarily the Tzadikim. Rakei Chasidah of Yishmar. So now we talk. That was that was Eretz Yisrael in a success. Now we're going to talk about Eretz Yisrael going to Goddess in all the various times Eretz Yisrael the Goddess and how Hashem protected them. And therefore, the first one is it says Hashem guarded the feet of his tzaddikim. So it says the God is just talking about the first, the first goddess, the goddess of of Babel. And why is it dragged the Hasid of Yishmar? So that's a very interesting uh, description for Babel. Uh, why is it referred to as the feet of his tzaddikim? Uh, what's good with Babel? So. If anything, the, the statue, he was the head, not the feet. So, yes, the statue of the Chadetz, the Bible represents the head. When you talk about the feet, it's like in the Bible. It's because the Gemara says already that, that uh, the land of Bible is called a Matsuda. It's like all soft it's a swamp. It's not like Eretzishal, which is mountains and rocks. It's like soft sand, swampy. And therefore, the Gemara talks about a person has to start to buy shoes there. Uh, going to bubble or Kilo, uh, people could sink into the, into the, into bubble. And if Hashem said it's a dick, it gives an energy of saving their feet. In other words, they didn't uh, get, they didn't drown in the swamp of bubble. Right next to Yishma, Hashem guided them that they were protected, that they weren't, they weren't destroyed, they weren't uh, assimilated into bubble. That was the real threat of Babel. We know in the past, it says in Ezra, when the Jewish people came back, instead he checked the people, and many of them had intermarried with women from Babel. So the, the real danger of Babel was the assimilation to Babel, and Hashem protected the Jewish people that they shouldn't get swallowed up in the quagmire of Babel. Or Rishayim Bachoshechidom. And the Rishayim who go in the darkness, the Gan says, referring to the goddess of Paris Mada. That was the time of Purim. And that was the darkness that Kaisal in until they're going to get destroyed. And that's talking about Hanukkah. When a few people, it's called the Ish, Matsyo Bono, stood up to the vast Greek Empire, it wasn't Bukayach. It wasn't with their strength, but they were successful. It was. And therefore, the Haidah there wasn't that we were successful in the battle. The Hidah was really Hashem in the battle for us. That's a very interesting point. When we thank the Baruch for the victory of the Hashemunayim, of the Greeks, we don't thank him for giving us the victory. We thank him for causing the victory. We weren't even a force. It wasn't like Kilo we had, where it was a fight, and Hashem strengthened our hands, and we were victorious. No, we did nothing. Hashem was victorious. We say that. We say... Um, that Masarit of Givarim and Chalashim, Rabbi Vyad Matim, Utmei Vyatarim, Mushan Vyatadikim, you did it. When the Chalasis of Shem God of the Kodesh Paramecha, when the Amcha Yisrael Asis of Shem Gadayla, you made yourself a great name and you caused the great salvation of Kaisra. We don't say that Hakodesh Baraka, you helped us win. You helped us win with Mashmah, we had a fighting chance, it was, and Hashem took the scales in our favor, so you helped us win. No, we, we did nothing. You won. You won on our behalf. There was nothing the person could do. It wasn't even a fact. It was that they went out to battle and Hashem won the war for them. Many Jews got killed too. Sorry? Even got killed. Not in the battles. 
Like the Jews got killed because they were most natural Kiddush Hashem. In the camp, in the in, in the time of the decrees of the Yevanim, so they used to go hunt out the Jews and kill them. They always keeping the Torah. But in the battles. In the battles, so it depends which battles. Where there was the battles we're talking about, there were battles which were miraculous, and the Hashemiraim didn't get killed. And they, they, they fought for no, after. After Hanukkah, yes. After Hanukkah, there were further battles, and, and there were times when even some of the Hashemiraim themselves got killed. That's true. We're talking about the nice Hanukkah, so in, in that battle, they didn't get killed. That's the battles between from the beginning till the so they, liberation of Israel. Right. No, no, you, you didn't were not killed. Uh, no, you didn't were killed, but the battles were run miraculously. Yeah. In, in the sense that they didn't, they didn't really have to, they, they couldn't fight. They didn't really have to fight. Uh, like we said, the Chazal say that the, the what happened was that Hakadosh Baruch Hu turned all the arrows and the and the stones that the that the Greeks threw the boomerang. They went back and attacked and so to the damage to their own troops. So it was really the Greeks shooting themselves, rather than the Hashemiraim actually doing very much. Hashem Yechatzu Berivov, the last passage the God explains, is talking about the final goddess, goddess Adam, and because uh, Adam considers himself so high, he considers himself so mighty, so Hashem will cut down his enemies, the ones who go up to the Shemaim, Yarim, he'll bring them down again. That's talking about the eventual downfall of Adam, Damagog and Magog. And Hashem Yodin Afsi Aretz, that's talking about the future, Hashem will judge the whole world. Vitin Oiz Lemalkoi, that's talking about Mashiach Ben Yosef, the Yarim Karim Mashiach. As we saw a number of times, you know that there's going to be two different Jewish leaders that will be, will guide us in the time of Magog and Magog, in the time of the time of Mashiach. The first will be called Mashiach Ben Yosef. So he's the first one talking about the strength that will give to his king because he's really the one who's going to be the general who's going to initiate the battle of the Goyim. Sheikh Ben Yosef. And that's why he needs the eyes. He needs the strength to go to fight. But the Yaron Karim the one who will be victorious and end the battle and will be Mashiach with David, he's called Mashiach always. And therefore, the, it's the Yaron Karim Mashiach. Hashem will raise the Karen of, of Mashiach with David. Um, when, when that will usher in the time of Mashiach. And therefore the Gohan has explained the, the prophecy of Chana, the Chatfir of Chana, really, as the Haidah for all the different things throughout the ages that Kaisal had to thank Hashem for. Starting with the obvious of Levek Hashem, going to Kaisal Sek Hashem for Yitzhak Mitzrayim, for Matan Torah, for the Mishkan, for defeating our various enemies, whether it was uh, Amalek or Sichon Ba'ad or Midian, whether it was for all the successes of the Shaiftim that we've spoken about, afterwards the successes of the kings, until eventually are overcoming the four different goddesses and uh, are being victorious in the final battle which will, which Mashiach ben David will emerge as the victor. So this was a Nebuah. And therefore this was a Nebuah, which encompasses all the Akkaras of Ta'isra. And why was Khan Zerich to that? Obviously she came to give her own Akkaras And uh, at the same time, she was given a prophecy which encapsulates, which incorporates all the times, if you find the miracles in Jewish history, for which Israel were were Makritayim. So that's the Gans, just the natural Gans interpretation, explanation of all of the Sukkot of Torah's time.